Hello, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. In today's episode, I have the incredible Sarai Spear, who you may know from Instagram as the Platinum Giraffe. And we are going to be talking and really diving deep about personal growth, mental health, and taking care of yourself in the beauty industry. Now, in today's episode, Sarai gets really vulnerable, opens up and shares her story and how she got from where she was at the beginning of her career when she got into the beauty industry to where she is today. Now, she has built a successful career as an educator. She is an influencer. She is a multi-passionate entrepreneur, event host, and so many other things and has really carved out a beautiful place in our industry. And I'm so excited for her to share her story with you. Now, I do just want to give a heads up because today we do get into some pretty mature subject matter, which is not something we typically talk about on the podcast. So I wanted to make sure to share this in advance in case any of these topics may be triggering to some of my listeners. And so that way you can make an informed decision on whether or not you want to listen to this incredible episode. So we are going to be discussing addiction, eating disorder, suicidal thoughts, depression, and mental health at length. And so I wanted to just share that with you prior to beginning this episode, because I do believe that we all need to be aware and have a choice in what we're consuming. I am so honored that Sarai chose to open up on this platform and share her incredible story because I truly believe that no matter what you're going through, it is so powerful to hear the stories of those that you admire, the stories of those that you look up to, because I know that sometimes we look up to people who have made big moves in their lives and in their careers. And we get this conception that it was an easy road, which means when the roadblocks inevitably come up for us, which they always will, they always do, it can feel like maybe it's not meant for us. So I think today's episode is going to be really inspiring. It is, we have some tough conversations, but necessary conversations. And with all that being said, I am so excited to get into today's episode of the Hairstyles Rising podcast. Let's get it. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. I am extra excited about today's guest and today's episode because I think that's a conversation that we need to be having all the time, constantly in our industry. We're going to talk today about personal growth, about the magic of connecting with your fellow stylists, building community, and all the things that happen along the way. So without further ado, I want to introduce my guest who I'm sure that you're already familiar with. Welcome to the podcast, Sarai. I, you may know her on Instagram as the Platinum Giraffe. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and I love what we are going to just dive into today. 
It's such an important conversation because I know we spend, and all the strategy is important, the education is important, like all of those things are vital. But I think what we don't recognize as often is that entrepreneurship in the beauty industry and beyond is one of the biggest personal development journeys you can go on. Amen. Yeah. (laughs) It is everything. So before we get into that, on the off chance that anyone listening is not familiar with you, can you just tell us a little bit about your story, your journey in the beauty industry, and then really how you got into what you're doing today? Sure. If you've heard this, go ahead and fast forward about five minutes. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. You have to listen again. So I'm Sarai Spear, the Platinum Draft on Instagram. I have been a hairstylist for, I think we're going on, oh my God, next year will be 20 years. 20 years, which is impossible because I'm 21. So I don't know how that happened. I got into hair when I was 24. I couldn't really decide what I wanted to do. I was flip-flopping between college and like I would change my majors and I just I really couldn't figure it out so I at the time 24 years old I thought I could do real estate or hair and those were options that seemed viable and fun and now mind you I'm completely covered in tattoos right now I was not covered in tattoos at the age of 24 so real estate would have been viable so I decided I'd always love doing funky things with my hair so I was like I'm gonna go to hair school And I remember walking in on the very first day and looking around and I was like, these are my people. These are, oh, we have weirdos. We have like cool people. We have people from all walks of life. Like this, this is where I'm supposed to be. So my, my journey through the industry is, it's very different than a lot of people's. So the first 12 years of my career, um, it was a big learning curve for me. I ended up owning a salon accidentally about six months out of beauty school. I had no damn business, okay? No business whatsoever. My business partner and I had the opportunity to take over the salon that we were working at and we loved it and we thought like we don't want it to go under. So we bought it and at 25 years old, I'd taken a few business classes. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I learned very quickly. I learned very quickly. And my business partner... And I were polar opposites. Like she was a partier and loved like the club scene. And I hadn't quite gotten into that yet. And so it was, there was a lot of tension there. I was trying to be the responsible one and take care of everything and doing the bookkeeping and accounting and taxes and payroll and all of that shit. And meanwhile, you know, my business partner's having a great time. And I started to get really resentful. And there was one night where we were out and my business partner was into drugs and alcohol and all that. And I, at the time, couldn't admit, but I was a closet alcoholic and had been since I was 19 years old. So at the age of 27, I decided that doing drugs looked fun. So I was like, okay, let's try this. Now, I have a very addictive personality and the writing was on the wall for me to become instantly addicted. And from the age of 27, I ended up going from being an alcoholic, doing cocaine. Pretty soon that was an everyday thing. Cocaine wasn't enough. I actually became a full-blown junkie. I lost my house. I lost my car. It got repossessed. And my business partner forced me out of the business because I could not function. I was a complete train wreck. So from the age of 27 to 30, I managed to lose literally everything in my life. And at one point, I became homeless. And to pick myself up, I knew 
that I needed help. I didn't know how, I didn't know when, I didn't know where to go. But at that point in my life, I had so much trauma that I had not dealt with. I had so much self-hatred that I escaped through whatever means necessary. And for me, I chose drugs, I chose alcohol, and it destroyed me. It destroyed me. And so at the age of 31, I actually met my now husband, Sheffy Lee, and he really helped rescue me from myself from a really bad situation. I wish I could tell you that's when everything got good and I got sober, and but it's not. That did not come until I was 35 years old. Now, at 35 years old, I've been in the industry 12 years. I haven't taken a single continuing education class. I'm still doing the horizontal up the side foil with a mohawk and toning it with like shades 09B. That was it. Like, that's all I knew how to do. So I was to a point where I would wake up every day and I would promised myself that I wasn't going to drink. And by 8.30 every morning, I was at the liquor store. They knew me. They had my order ready. And I would drink in the car. I would drink at work. And I would get blackout drunk at work. And I remember, I don't really remember, but I know I got blackout drunk. It was Friday, March 3rd or 4th, 2016. And I got blackout drunk at work. And I often woke up with this feeling of I did some I did something bad and I don't remember. And my theory was if I don't remember, it didn't happen. That's not a great way to live your life. Okay. <laughs> so my owner texted me the next day and said, I need to meet with you on Monday morning. And she said, in the meantime, I need you to think about what this career means to you, what your salon family means to you, and what your friends and your family mean to you. And I, I knew, right? So I went in there Monday morning and I thought for sure, this is going to be another job that I lose because of my addiction, because of my behavior, because of my stupid choices that I keep making. And she looked at me, I didn't even get in the door and she said, what is going on with you? And I had a moment, I wanted to run away. I wanted to just run away and pretend like this wasn't happening. Something inside of me said, it's now or never. And so I looked at her. And I said, I can't stop drinking on my own. I think I'm an alcoholic. I think I have a problem. And I fully expected her to say, get your shit and get the fuck out. Because that's what's happened so many times before. I feel worthy of happiness or love or another chance. And she looked at me dead in my eyes, dead in my soul. And she said, then let's get you some help. Oh, man. And I just started bullying. I've been sober seven years. I've told my story so many times. And it always makes me cry. And so I called my husband and I shared everything with him. I shared everything with my salon owner. And I went to A meetings the next day. But I made a promise to myself that day that I didn't want to keep repeating this cycle that I seemed to be stuck in. And so if I didn't want that, I had to do things differently. And so when I got sober, I decided to do better. I decided to start taking classes. I just started, decided to start taking my career seriously. Like before I was like, yeah, I'm the cool, fucking fun, loving, party hairstylist. Like, oh my God. And I always wanted big things of my life. And I knew I couldn't get there without making big changes. So I ended up throwing myself into work, which I realize now was just another form of addiction. 
and transferring addictions. And I got roped into hustle culture. I was working 100 hours, 120 hours a week. I was insane. I do not recommend this because here's the thing. That pace will not last. No. I actually got invited to an event by one of my really good friends, and he was my sober mentor. He was part of this group called the Goonies. And the Goonies was like an amazing education group. And they were like the fucking Wu-Tang Clan, like a new member every day. Like, you're like, how cool you're with the Goonies. There's 500 of them. So there was an event. He's like, you have to come to this. It's in Atlanta. It's two days. It's 20 educators. It's going to blow your mind. And I was like, cool. That sounds awesome. But the ticket's $500. I'm six months sober. I am struggling to build a clientele. I can barely pay my bills. So I told my husband, I said, I know this sounds crazy and I know this is a lot of money, but I have to go to this event. I just, I feel it in my soul. Like I have to go. And he's like, we don't have the money. And I'm like, can we please ask your parents for money? Yeah. I had to ask my 80 something year old in-laws for $500 so I could buy this ticket. I flew shitty ass Spirit Airlines. I slept in a damn roach motel. Okay. A motel. Good. And I went because I was feeling so called. Yeah, you did what yeah. I did. Yeah, I did. I did. And it was uncomfortable. I didn't know a single person there. I literally was by myself except for my friend Jason, but he was, you know, teaching. And so I was there by myself. And over the two days, I'm watching people. I'm watching these educators and painting with paintbrushes. And I was like, I've never seen this before. <laughs> what is this? So things were so new to me. But I remember there was a moment where I looked around. I was sitting in the very front and I looked around the entire audience and people were just glued and they were smiling. They were taking notes. And this little voice inside me again said, this is what you're going to do. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, why? Like, no, this is my first class. Like, no, I can't be an educator. And that seed was planted. And that retreat literally changed the course of my life, the course of my career. And I realized that is what I want to do for the rest of my life is I want to educate. I want to help people. And I've always known, I've always known ever since I was a little kiddo, my purpose on this planet is to help people. What I didn't understand was with that you have to go through trials and tribulations. And I've gone through all of the shit that I've gone through yeah. in order to help people. And I couldn't understand it at the time. I had such a victim mentality. And only in the last couple of years on my healing journey, this last year especially, have I really understood that every single thing that I have gone through has led me to this very moment right now, this podcast, this conversation. And I had to go through it in order to help other people. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Firstly, I want to just say thank you for your vulnerability. I know it's not easy to like relive those things and it's not easy to talk about, but I do think like there's so much power in sharing your story and sharing what you've been through because a lot of people probably look at where you are today. And I think this is something we do as people where we're like, okay, they have, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers and a successful education company and all these things. Like, they must have just like, it must have all just worked out and lined up and just been really easy. And so I think pulling back that curtain on the struggles and the things that we go through in order to build these things and to become the people who create this type of education help for others, like that's the real story, right? That's the real, the realness behind it. It's the trials and tribulations that we go through 
that help us become the people that we are. And so thank you for sharing that. That's really, I think it's very brave that you are so open. And I know that it, people sharing their stories candidly have been the things that have helped me a lot in the past. I'm sure that some of my listeners are feeling that exact way right now. So thank you, Sarai, for sharing and being so open. Thank you. And I think there is so much power in sharing your journey and sharing your story because, you know, every time I thought, maybe I shouldn't post this story. Maybe I shouldn't post this reel. Maybe this conversation is too heavy. You know, I, I, I posted last year in November, I went live with an announcement that I had been struggling with an eating disorder for 28 years. Yes, I've overcome homelessness. I've overcome being a junkie. I've overcome alcohol addiction. And, you know, people probably think, oh, I'm a certain way. I'm a human and I struggle just like everybody else. And I think it's irresponsible of people to pretend their life is always good. 100%. I think it is such a shitty thing to do. Yeah. You are doing yourself and your friends and your followers a disservice because nobody gets to the top without struggles. Nobody goes through life without struggles. So every time I've gotten that feeling of, I want to, I just want to be sick. Like, I don't think I want to share this. I want to throw up. I've gotten full body, body chills, anxiety. And I post it. I wait and I get a message. It's like, thank you. I'm in tears. I'm crying. Like, I struggle with this or so. And that, that is why I share so openly, so vulnerably, because there is not a single person on this planet who cannot relate to struggle. Now, you may have never had an addiction or an eating disorder. You understand struggle. You understand what it's like to be in a dark place and to not see that light. And I was there for decades of my life. And I heard other people so boldly sharing in these AA meetings at NA. And I thought, I can do this. I can share my story. And it's scary. Yeah. It's so scary when you're putting yourself out there. What are people going to think? Blah, blah, blah. And what I've learned is if you don't pay my bills, I don't give a fuck what you think. Like, full stop. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I think that's part of what people hold back so much, too, is like, and this is something that, you know, I work with a lot of like, you know, high level entrepreneurs, salon owners, educators, all the things. And there is this like common theme where a lot of it is that fear of judgment. And it's not from the people that we want to help, right? It's not the fear of judgment from the people that you're actually doing this for. It's the fear of judgment from old coworkers or, you know, your second cousin or whatever, right? So I think that, like you said, it's so important. And also another thing I wanted to pull out of like your story that I just wanted to highlight as well is the different levels, right? Like the different levels of, of struggle. And it's not like, okay, problem solved. Everything's perfect. It's like, there's always these, like, that's why I know, like, thanks to things like, you know, reality TV, the word journey can be a little overused. But honestly, I think that's what the best way to describe that, like personal development, personal growth, all of that. And overcoming these struggles is it's like, new level, new devil, like there will always be things to overcome. And if you can develop your resilience and the other thing too, that you said that I was like, I was listening and I was like, it feels like overcoming your struggles is what allowed you to find your purpose and that new purpose. Would you say that new purpose that you found is what has helped you like stay sober and like stay rooted in that? Do you think that's because, and I know like the overworking addiction. I feel like sometimes you need a bridge gaffer, right? Or yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Um, I do. I definitely think that has allowed me to stay sober. It has kept me focused. 
you know, and again, looking back, like, yes, I transferred addictions and the way that I came to grasp with it was it's a healthier addiction than what was killing me. Yeah. Right. Now, seven years fast forward to where we are now, I have started peeling and healing and then peeling more and then healing more. Like you said, this journey that we're on, it's never ending. And I can look back and see ways that, yes, certain things kept me strong and sober. They also drove me further into, you know, these old thoughts and patterns and behaviors. And for me, when my other addictions, booze, drugs, were by the wayside, my addiction was work. My addiction was my eating disorder. And so when I finally was able to get 100% honest with myself, knowing that the speed at which I was going is not sustainable and I could no longer do it, that's when I had another click moment, another realization that, okay, Sarai, you have been running and running. You chose a different distraction this time. But if you're ever going to heal, if you are going to help people in the way that you know you're supposed to, bitch, you got to get real with yourself. You got to get fucking honest and vulnerable. And it's like no sugarcoating. No, it's hard. I was actually just reading and it's sitting right here by me. This book, it's called The Mountain Is You. Have you ever read it? I have not read it, but our mutual friend Dawn actually recommended it to me and it is sitting on my shelf. Okay, Jody, <laughs> I'm going to highly encourage you in the next couple of days, crack it open. Dawn sent it to me before I left for treatment in February. This book has been my rock because it is about turning self-sabotage into self-mastery. That's so good. Girl, listen, I have literally every freaking paragraph is underlined, highlighted, like starred. We do so many things that we don't even recognize. We sabotage ourselves in so many ways. And for me, like coping and working and, you know, being on social media and doing all of these things, I am sabotaging myself in my own healing process. So I just pulled open this book this morning. And one of the things that I have been struggling with lately is those old thoughts and those old patterns. And my self-talk has been, you're a piece of shit, you're garbage, you're trash, you're worthless, you're fat, you're ugly, you're stupid, you're not enough. That's the record that has been in my brain for 30-something years. And so what I found interesting is it's creeping in in a different type of way this time. You know, I'm reprogramming, I'm catching those thoughts, you know, instead of I'm a piece of shit, I am a human having a human experience and I am struggling today, that does not devalue my worth. So being aware of catching them, that's a lifelong process, I think. Oh, I what I found is they're creeping in in other self-limiting ways. And so I cracked open this book and I was just like, oh God, it's so good. It's a reminder that I needed that this journey is never truly done. Right. It's okay. never done. It's like the never ending onion that you're trying to peel. You get a layer off. There's another layer. You know, you peel, you heal, you peel, you heal, and you continuously do that. It's never fucking done. You know, that is so true. And I think one of the biggest things that you just said there that sticks out to me is that like, it's, you know, when you're not on this journey, those thoughts are just embedded and they become your truth, right? Yes. So now 
through all this work that you've done, you're catching these thoughts and you're able to see them for what they are, right? You're able to, it doesn't mean that these thoughts are going to stop ever. Like it doesn't mean that we're never going to have imposter syndrome. And it's so true what you said. Like I, I relate on so many levels, like two parts of this, which I, I also want to just dive into a little bit for anyone listening, because no matter what we have been facing, I think there's so many common threads, right? Regardless of what your struggle is, regardless of your battle. Like for me, like depression, infertility, all of those things, like really zapped all the purpose out of my life and finding, starting this business, like the catalyst was actually like going to that class and then the world shuts down. So finding purpose as an educator and impacting people that way is absolutely what I subbed in. And I was working myself to death and I was doing all the things. And then I got better and then it starts again, you know, and those feelings of imposter syndrome come back, but it's just the awareness. And so now when it happens, I can think, okay, you know what? You're really not taking care of yourself. This is not going to be good. And so you need to stop. But it's like, it's not about perfection. It's not about like becoming this like Zen person all the time who never has any negative thought and up against any issues they don't that's a policy yeah yeah exactly and like you know even like I follow Jay Shetty I don't know if you read any of his stuff so literally was a monk and still talks about the things that he struggles with and has come up against and all of the things and that's what I think is so important about this conversation because it's not about becoming a perfect person. You know, it's not about never having self-doubt or never having fears or never, you know, feeling some type of way. It's just about learning how to address and handle it and bounce back quicker and just be able to like ride the wave instead of being drowned by it, you know? hundred freaking percent. There's not a single human on this planet who doesn't struggle at some point with thoughts and passer syndrome. Like, all those things, all the things that we've talked about, like, you know, I used to think that being enlightened or, you know, meditation, like your brain shuts off and you go like black, you don't have a single thought. And I actually just recently started yoga teacher training, which has been, thank you. It's been incredible and insane. And one of the things I learned is that meditation isn't about shutting your brain off and never having a thought. It's about catching that thought and just letting it go not having judgment to those thoughts because the human brain, the only time it will shut off is when you fucking die. Yeah, that's it. Okay, full stop, end of podcast, <laughs> mic drop. That's true. <laughs> so it's silly for us to think we're never going to have another bad thought. We're never going to have another struggle. But no, that's not it. What it is, you're now aware of it and you catch it earlier and you reframe it and you can see those old thoughts, patterns, behaviors showing up earlier and earlier every time and you get to nip it in the bud earlier. Yes. Oh, it's so true. And I think those things are particularly, and I don't know if you'll agree with this, but I, for me, I know that anytime I've, because, you know, in entrepreneurship, in any business, risk equals reward, right? You have to take risk in order to get to where you're at. Not saying be reckless, but The biggest moments of imposter syndrome I've ever had are either during or right before or even right after a major success, a major milestone, a major up level. And I think that's something that and why I love talking to people like you who have 
build something so incredible, like, you know, your education platform and you're hosting live events and you're, you know, doing all the things. And you probably still to this day get seasons of imposter syndrome, right? This is, yeah. yeah. I actually feel like I'm going to cry. I feel like I'm going to cry right now. You know, I'm getting ready to host a retreat and I was having this conversation with Don Bradley and she said the difference between being transparent and being vulnerable is when you're going through something. Being transparent is when you've gone through something and you can talk about it. So right. in the vein of being vulnerable, yeah. I'm hosting a retreat and this is the most money I have ever spent to the tune of $100,000 of mine. It is so stressful when you know you have a vision, you have a plan, you've handpicked these incredible people to come change people's lives, and then you have to sell it. And it's not doing as well as you thought it would. Imposter syndrome creeps in. That doubt. I found myself the other day going, why are you doing this, sir? I had to have an honest conversation with myself about, this is not about money. Honestly, you're doing this and you knew this was a risk you took when you went into it. And so I am on the precipice of something. I know that it's going to be magical. And it doesn't matter if it's sold out. It doesn't matter if we stamp the number of attendees that we have, which is 68 magical humans coming. Amazing. Yes. And so I had to really get back to Sarai. What is your purpose? What is your why? Why are you doing this? My heart hasn't been in the right space. And so it was definitely a moment for me to step back and to reflect and to get in touch with my why. I want to help people believe in themselves. I want to help people empower themselves through education, whether it is hair, whether it is business, whether it is community and connection or mental health, whatever it might be. I am there to facilitate change for people. And it was a huge smack in the face when I realized like, it doesn't matter if 125 people or 68 show up. Yeah. Whoever shows up is supposed to be there. And that is why I'm doing this. You know, when I look back at all the educators that I've that I have interviewed, honestly, I think that most of them can track the life changing moment. And even just people in the industry in general, like salon owners who've done big things to an event like it's. The one thing, mine was an event. It was a class hosted by Don Bradley, our friend. <laughs> that was the game changer. And so I think like what you just said just now, like how this purpose is to like change people's lives. I think that every person who attends this event, you know, a couple of years from now is going to look back and be like, you know what? This is the event that changed everything. This is the event that changed my life. The educators who are speaking, the attendees, like all of these people will be able to test this back. And I have full confidence that the right people are going to find this event. And I think that the way that you've put it together is absolutely beautiful. There's so many different topics I love, love. And I wanted to just commend you and give you immense respect that you are having conversations about mental health at a hair education event because it is so necessary. I think in our industry, we are, we come into this, in this industry, the majority of us and anyone who's listening to this podcast, because if you're listening to this podcast, you're invested in your career. You know what I mean? You are spending your commute or you are cooking dinner right now, or you are, whatever you're doing, you are investing this time in like your personal growth and your business growth. And I think that we all are so passionate 
And with that passion comes all sorts of different emotions and things. So the fact that you are facilitating that for people as well as the hair education and the business education, like, I just really want to give you props on that, Sarai. Thank you. I, you know, it's so important. And I am very outspoken about mental health and being an advocate for mental health. I'm actually in the process of becoming a mental health certified coach because yes, because it is, it's that important. And we're not taught how to put boundaries up. We're not taught how to have tough conversations. We're not taught how to not absorb that client's energy who their partner just left them and they are devastated. We take that on as our own. We think we're supposed to say yes to every client, to be available 24-7, to put ourselves on the back burner. And that is not the truth. No, that is hustle culture at its finest sucking you in. And I was a victim of that for so long. And that's why I'm so outspoken against hustle culture is it's not sustainable. It's unhealthy. I've had three mental breakdowns. My last one was November. After my last class, I was home 15 out of 90 days. I was taking clients every single day that I was home. And I knew I was getting there. You know that where you're like hanging by a thread. Yeah. So after my last class, I actually, I was like, there's something really wrong with me. So my husband and I ran away to the mountains. We took our two baby puppies and I didn't talk to anybody for a week. But I made some really tough decisions there that I was going to tell the world about my eating disorder, that I was going to go to a treatment center for it, and that I was going to change the way that things in my life looked because I was so miserable and unhappy. And I was doing and trying to be everything for everybody, which I know so many of us are empaths and so many of us are people pleasers. And I tried to make everybody happy all the time to my own demise, to the point where we were driving to the mountains and I was like, I don't want to live anymore. I can't make everybody happy. And my husband was like, oh my God, I didn't know it was this bad. And I was like, because I push it down and I don't talk about it. You know, when I let a little bit out here and there, but that was such a turning point and a pivotal moment for me where I was like, I'm never going to shut up about mental health and prioritizing self-care. I had a therapist that said, self-care isn't selfish. And I looked at that every week that I went in and I told her, I said, I have to tell you, this side bothers me. And she said, let's unpack that. And I said, no, I don't want to. I think it's stupid. I don't have time. I'm running a business. I'm doing this. I'm this for this person. I was making all these excuses. And she looked at me and she said, you, my friend, need the self-care. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, man, screw you. Screw you. I don't have time. I didn't have time because it wasn't a priority to me and I didn't feel I deserved it. And so mental health is a, it is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. And I think that the more we talk about it, the less of a stigma it has. I grew up in a household where we don't talk about our feelings. We don't talk about our emotions. And we have this pretty bow wrapped around this family who quote unquote has it together. No, motherfucker. Two children of my parents became addicts. We did not know how to handle our feelings, our emotions. There's mental health issues that I had no idea about until I was 40 years old in our family. And I'm, I look and I'm like, no wonder I became a fucking addict. I didn't have the tools. My parents didn't have the tools. And so my hope is to give people tools. I to facilitate 
healing and to facilitate growth. And I can't do it all by myself. So I have a team of people that I'm like, hey, my friend Tiffany Rowe, I'm so excited that she is coming to my retreat and speaking. She's licensed therapist. I have all of these people in my life that help me and inspire me and I can, you know, refer people to because it is a topic that we need to talk more about in this industry. A hundred percent. Yeah, we absolutely do. And a couple of things that you said just there, I feel like in terms of our industry, the narrative has just been for so long, like we're a service industry and service for so long and for so many meant self-sacrifice, you know, yes. like that's, and I've been in the industry, well, in two years now, all have been in the industry for 20 years as well. I got in at like 17. My mom was a salon owner for years before that. And like, even just the way that the industry was when she was younger as well. And I even remember things like the subconscious things about like earning rest. So like you wanted to take a week off, even though everyone is like in Canada, at least we're legally entitled. I'm not sure how it works in the U.S. to a certain amount of vacation time a year. But out here, we still have to work extra days to make up for it before you go. And you still have to. And this is unpaid time off, by the way. Yeah. But having to make up for your unpaid time off. So like even just the systems, it's like you need to earn rest. Rest is not something you just get. You know what I mean? And so when people are. And even just like when people are suffering and when people don't have the tools to deal with it, like addictions and all of these things that we do are almost in a way, I feel like self-medicating for an issue because we don't know, we don't have tools to deal with it. Absolutely. And when we don't have those tools, when people aren't sharing these stories, when people aren't talking about it, we feel alone. We feel like we're the only fucked up human on this planet. Everybody else has their shit together. I'm the only motherfucker struggling. Yeah. No. Yeah. Every single one of us struggles. And that's why it is so important that we have these conversations, that we get uncomfortable, that we get vulnerable, that we get transparent. And there are so many resources out there nowadays that are free, are low cost, that You literally have no excuse nowadays because mental health is everywhere. And I think, you know, the C word that nobody likes to talk about COVID really did a number on our society as a whole. And now I see before COVID, sure, talk about therapy, you go to therapy. Now everyone's like, no, I go to therapy. I've got a therapist. I'm doing this work. You know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that we had that shitty experience as humanity because it did. It shifted a lot of things. A lot of uncomfortable conversations are being had because of that time period that we all went together as a giant fucking trauma for society. Absolutely. And I think like one of the things too, like I I just everything you're saying is such a mic moment. I'm like trying to remember like, yeah, I want to make sure I hit all these. One of the things that I wanted to say too is like, you know, I think that back to having these conversations and being open and transparent, like I literally, so like this was a few years ago, but I literally was going through like a really big decision and it was the decision to step away from my behind the chair clientele, close that down. And I literally had like seven days in a row, like, like, and just like not related to that. It's not when you're thinking about it always, but I was having like panic attacks and panic attacks like paired with like heart palpitations, couldn't breathe, like, like just like started to get dizzy because I had no oxygen, like all of the things. And this was happening, but I wasn't, this happened to be seven days in a row until on the seventh day it happened. 
And I also happened to listen to a podcast and that podcast was about depression. And it was two people in our industry who had recorded about their struggles with anxiety, with their struggles with depression. And I have been through depression and anxiety before when I had a close friend pass and massive breakup, all the things. Very much situational, though. And that I understood. So I was like, I, I could understand it. I could put it in a box and tie it up and be like, this happened and this is why. This time, I didn't have like a this happened and this is why. Obviously, the collective trauma of, you know, what we just sure. discussed. But that wasn't conscious at this point. But the point that I'm trying to make is that despite experiencing these like, it wasn't until I heard somebody that I respected and that I looked up to be transparent and vulnerable about this, that I was like, you know what? I need some help. Like, I, I can't do this on my own. I can't deal with this by myself. And I think that's where the power of a community and the power of like people sharing their stories and, you know, attending these kinds of events, because even in like, even in social media classes, like I know based on this conversation, it sounds so like surface level, right? But there's a lot of, there's a lot of vulnerability that goes into building your brand, like, and showing whatever capacity, like behind the chair stylist, do you have to like bear your soul in this way to your clients? No, maybe not. But like, there is still vulnerability, right? That goes into showing up a certain way. And I noticed that when we're talking in person classes, people are so much more likely to open up and to get vulnerable. And so I think that creating these spaces and having these conversations, like it is so vital. And so if you're listening right now and you're feeling alone, and you're feeling like you're like coming up against, it doesn't need to be as extreme as panic attacks or addiction or whatever, whatever your personal journey is, if you're even just feeling stuck. Like I know for me, when I was going through like the infertility journey, like that was something that I felt it was out of my control. And I was really, really, it was really hard to let it go. And you know, whatever it is that you're going through, like I would encourage you seek community, whether it is like a community for free, whether you send one of us a DM on Instagram, because you need to talk about something like, you do not have to be alone in whatever you're going through. And a lot of times when we are going through those hard things, we do have a tendency to isolate. Absolutely. I feel like nobody's (laughs) going to get it. I don't want to bring my bad energy. I don't want to be a burden. And that is just 100% not true. The way I, I think of it is, how would I respond to my best friend if she said, I'm a burden. People don't want to hear it. I'm in a bad headspace. I would say, let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's get together. I want to hug you. Yeah. And so by treating ourselves with a little bit more kindness, compassion, and grace, yeah. how would you treat your best friend? What would you say to your best friend? I love that you said that like feeling of being stuck and like almost isolating you, that's when you need community. And again, whether it's, I don't go to a meeting, joining a mom's group, like whatever the hell that looks like for you, because fear, shame, guilt are brought to light in isolation. Yes. And when we shine a light of community and hope and grace and compassion on it, it has no place left to hide. And Community is so incredibly important. We keep talking about it for a damn reason. Nah. Because when you have people who you've never met before, yeah. and they are sharing about how they feel lonely, how they had a panic attack, 
how they're struggling with addiction, how they feel like they can't do anything. You're like, oh my God, wait a second. I'm not actually alone. And in these spaces, these in-person spaces, whether it's a retreat or a class or you know a community event, those spaces of vulnerability are magical. There's not another way to describe it. When one person says, I'm going to speak up, yeah. it allows everybody else to take that mask off, to take the tape off their mouth and just say, you know what? Yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness. I love that. It's so important and so true. And like these things like do, the thing also is like, I feel like the scary things do get easier. They you know, do. the new level, it's like when you look back, even when I look back over the past few years, like just going to that class was so scary. Right. And then the first time I ever spoke on stage in an event, I literally almost blacked out. Like, yep. Miss came yep. to my room before because I was like, friend, I need you. Like, nothing here. Like, we need to talk. <laughs> like, I'm going to lose it. And then, you know, the most recent event, I like, literally woke up like on fire, so excited, like, could not wait to get there and speak. So there are these things. And, you know, we talk about how it's a continual journey. But I also want to say there is there's so much good on the other side. You know what I mean? Like, it's not there will always be hard days. There will always be hard moments. But when you are able to get radically honest with yourself, and that's another thing that I think I just really thank you for opening up and just sharing because there's so many conversations that happen as a result of stories, right? And the past and all these things. And so like when you are thinking about the future and doing scary things and getting honest with yourself, it's so uncomfortable in the moment. It really is. But so is dealing with all of the same shit forever. Choose your hard. Choose your uncomfortable. Do you want to stay uncomfortable and stuck and miserable and swirling around the drain, essentially? Yeah. Or do you want to choose the hard that you don't know? Yeah. With the chance that it's better than what you're stuck in right now. Choose yeah. your hard. I'll roll that dice every time. Yes. Every absolutely. time. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. This has been so incredible. Like I feel so lit up. I just, again, you're just such a light. And I thank you for being transparent, for showing up for our industry and for doing, talking about the shit nobody else wants to talk about, really. So thank you, Sarai. Can you please give us all the info about your event? Because I feel like after listening to this episode, everyone's probably like, how do I get a ticket for this? Yes, you are, honestly, if you are feeling that you need community, that you need connection, this event is going to rock your world. So it is October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd in the beautiful city of Orem, Utah. It is outside of Salt Lake City, and it is going to be a three-day event with hair education, business, financial education, mental health and wellness, and community and connection. There are 22 educators and speakers over three days Let's we have Rich Bracken, who is an emotional intelligence expert and speaker. We have Tiffany Rowe, who is a licensed therapist. We have Don Bradley. We have Kelly Kayan. Scissors Make Sense. We have Michelle Wheatley, beauty business guide. We have, have Brandy Sinead, who is a texture blonding specialist and badass. We have Sonia and Jody from Elevated Stylists, who are going to blow your mind with their mindset and wellness workshop. We have Emily Wyans, who is going to be leading 
Sunset and Sunrise Yoga for us. We have Coco and Maddie who are going to be doing extension education, unbranded extension education. We have Esther who is going to be doing scalp and hair health. We have Alyssa who's going to, she has an incredible special project for us that everybody gets to take home. We have Araz Nelson who's going to be doing science and chemistry. We have my friend Dom, who is the texture king. Rebecca Taylor. I put you on the spot here, so I'm filling in the blanks. Branded Angel? Yes. Oh, my God. His Russian upstyling, and that's a hands-on. So there's main stage, and then there's also breakout classrooms where people can actually get their hands in hair. We have Tabitha Winninger. She's doing a revert, or she's doing an hair touch balayage, which she created, and it's super freaking cool. Okay, who else are we forgetting? Belinda... One. Oh, yes. B is a creative color master, along with Pinup Jordan, who's going to be doing her mermaid hair. Alyssa Troncoso. Yeah, she is doing a special project with us, a special hair project. Erica Six is going to be teaching social media. It would be a pleasure. No, here's my hope with this retreat is to create an experience that will literally shift your life. I actually just invested in your retreat and I'm so excited. We're going to Spain next year. 22 educators and experience. Yes. Coming together with a group of humans. It is a safe space. It is judgment free. I'm going to make it that way from the beginning. Come as you are. If you want to dress to the nines, if you want to come in costumes, if you want to show up in sweatpants, I want you to be there and I want you to be you. And I want you to have the opportunity to connect with like-minded stylist. And the cool thing about these events is it's not like you're, yes, you're going to connect with the people that you're there with. Come by yourself, meet new friends. This event, the educators are going to be in the seats with you. You get to talk to them on breaks. You get to pick their brain. You get to have these incredible conversations that you wouldn't have got to have unless you were inside this event, inside this community. Community connection is what we're all about. And I highly encourage you, if you've never been to an event like this, please come. I have so many people who are like, I'm coming by myself. I'm like, cool. You're not going to leave by yourself. You are going to make so many friends and connections. So if you're thinking about it, if your brain and your heart is like, oh, I think I should do this, 100% do it. You never know how it could completely shift the entire course of your life. Head to the Platinum Giraffe on Instagram and all of the information is front and center. You cannot miss it. Link in your bio, all the places. I have one last question before we wrap up and that is how did you become the Platinum Giraffe? Oh, I love this question. So before I realized the power of branding, On social media, I was Sarai Hair Wizard. First of all, I was Sassy Hair's Chick. Okay, don't judge me. (laughs) Don't judge me. Okay. And then I was Sarai Hair Wizard. And if you don't know how to spell Sarai, it's not going to be searchable. And then if you go right now on Instagram and you search Hair Wizard, there's a million trillion of them. So I was like, I just need a new Instagram name. I had no idea at the time I was building a brand. And so I started thinking about what's something that people will remember. So I'm six foot tall and I've got long limbs. I'm very gangly, like a a little baby giraffe. And I'm graceful, like a baby giraffe too. So I started thinking about names and things that I had. I remember having two pages of paper and I just started writing things that I was good at. So platinum, 
fashion color, vivids, mermaid, like all this shit. And I literally just started like crossing them together. And I was at one of my friend's house and I said, I want to be the platinum giraffe. And I remember her going, that's dumb. And her husband goes, oh, I like, that's weird. I like it. I love it. And so I was like, you know what? Let me just simmer on it. I literally woke up the next morning. And if you scroll down to my Instagram, you'll see it. There's a picture of me laid next to a freaking white albino giraffe. And I was like, new name, new brand. Hi, it's me, the platinum giraffe. So that's how it came to be born as simply an Instagram name change. And then I built it into an entire brand and an empire. It's amazing. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And it's so fun to hear the origin story. What part in your journey? I know I said I had one question, but here's no, let's follow follow-ups. Right. So we've talked a lot about your journey and like your career in the beauty industry. When did that shift happen? Like, what was that? Like, when did you become like change your Instagram name and start stepping into that and stepping into that education afterwards as well? So I had 30,000 followers when I changed my Instagram handle and everybody was like, don't do it. That's stupid. No, you can't. And I had publicity. So when I got sober, it took me about a year of working really hard to, I came up with a global blonding technique. And so I was perfecting that. And I was like, oh, I want to teach this. So about two years into my sobriety, 14 years into hair, I started educating. I started educating with brands on my own, doing my own independent education, which is so hard, as you know. And so it was like probably three years into my journey that I decided to change my name, do the platinum giraffe thing, and really like go full throttle. And I'm about seven years into my journey. And I feel like it has been an insane journey. And like every time I level up, there's like a a different requirement for this level. And so it took me a couple of years to gain quote unquote fame in the industry. I wanted to be a household name. I started getting recognition. I've been on, you know, every magazine and cover and publication and the Today Show and Kathy Lee and Hoda and all this cool shit. And so now I'm like, okay, that was cool. That was fun. That was great. But now what can I do that's really meaningful to help people? And so I still have the platinum giraffe. I'm always going to be the platinum giraffe, but it's going to be platinum giraffe journals and shadow work cards and affirmation cards and all of that because I built a brand. Yes. And it's an evolution. And oh my goodness, I cannot wait. This is a topic we're going to be diving into a lot more on the podcast is the evolution and how you can use your brand to really create the career that you want to create. Because the thing that I love most about this industry and your short story is a perfect example of this is like, you can create whatever you want if you put it in the work. And I don't mean like the working to death, just like, committing to get uncomfortable, following through and showing up for yourself. So thank you again for being here, Sarah. I'm so grateful for your time and for you sharing your story because I know that it was so inspiring to me and I'm sure that my listeners are just like on cloud nine right now. So thank you. Oh, friend, thank you. Honestly, thank you for allowing me to get to share my story and hopefully maybe trigger some people, maybe get some people to think to look at their life. And I'm honored and I'm grateful. And it was, you're such a great conversationalist. I feel like we could end up talking for six more hours. So I feel like there might be another episode where we do. Yes, always. And I feel like we will be able to talk for six hours and stay together in April. So (laughs) 
millions of hours. Thank you so much for being here, Sarai. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.